Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God which we hear this morning is from Luke chapter 12 verses 22 to 34. Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And of which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens which does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Years ago, I once uh, went to visit a member, not <coughs> this church, not a member of this church, but a different church where I was pastor. And when I uh, <coughs> arrived at his house, he was watching TV. And when I was trying to talk to him, he didn't shut off the TV. He was watching the TV the whole time I was trying to talk to him. Needless to say, it's kind of frustrating to try and talk to somebody who is watching TV. They're obviously distracted. They're obviously not paying attention to what, to what you're trying to say. No doubt there are spouses out there, even today, that know the frustration of trying to talk to people who are focused on the TV or something else instead of what you're saying. Jesus wishes to speak to us. He wants to talk to us, but he knows that we are distracted. Not so much by TV, but by the worries and the concerns of the things of this world. Even right now, how many of you are at least somewhat distracted from focusing on God's word by what happened this morning or what your plans are for later or what you think you need or something else that's going on in your life? Jesus calls us to turn off the concerns of this world so that we can pay attention, so that we can focus on what's important on his word and his kingdom. Fear not, he tells us, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Of all the sins that we commit against God, none of them, are, none of them do we commit so often, so grievously, and so regularly as a sin of simply refusing to believe his promises. This is the first commandment that God gives to us. Worship the Lord your God. And Martin Luther explains, what does this mean? It means that we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. We do trust God, or we wouldn't be here in church, right? But we don't always trust God. Not the way that we should. 
Not the way that uh, we hear of those heroes of faith doing in Hebrews chapter 11 that we read for our, our scripture reading. God tells us that he is going to provide what we need to eat and the clothes that we need. But we really don't, often we really don't believe him. God tells us that we don't need to worry about money or any of the other things of this life, but often we don't believe him. And God tells us that we don't need to be afraid of death because we will rise again. And even though we believe him, we do have some doubts even about that. This was the very first sin, wasn't it? Adam and Eve back in the garden didn't trust God and his word. Instead, they thought that they knew better. They trusted themselves over the God. And this lack of faith, this lack of trust in God and in his promises leads to worry and concern in our life. Because we don't trust God to provide, we focus on that. We become worried and anxious about the things of this life. I don't believe that God is going to take care of me, therefore I need to worry about it. Not only is this lack of faith a, a sin against the first commandment, but as we mentioned before, it distracts us. It distracts us from what God wants us to be focused on. God tells us in our text, seek first the kingdom of God. You focus on that, he says, I will take care of the rest. But because we often don't trust him to take care of the rest, we're focused and concerned about those things instead of really focusing on his word and his kingdom. Not only this morning, not only on Sunday mornings when we come to church, but throughout the week, throughout our whole life. When, we, when God wants us to be focused on his word and the, the tasks of the kingdom and sharing his word, so often instead we're concerned and worried about the things of this life. Jesus knows, however, that this sin of worry, this sin of lack of faith is so deeply ingrained in us that commanding us to stop really isn't going to do any good. Many of you are probably already thinking that. I can't just stop worrying. It's like trying to tell water to run uphill or <clears throat> a rooster not to crow early in the morning, right? It's so much a part of our life, this ideology that I can only trust myself and that I have to make sure to provide for myself, that it's really hard sometimes for us to set aside that worry and that concern. Jesus knows this. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And so in our text, Jesus does not come down from heaven with condemnation and with lecturing, right, like, like I've been doing so far, right? <laughs> but he comes with his gracious promises. Instead of coming down and spanking us for, for our worry and our concern and telling us what, what sinners we are, he gives us his promises. Promise after promise after promise after promise until we finally learn to believe and to trust him and to set aside our worry and our concern. He wants us to learn the truth, that he is indeed our good shepherd, that we are indeed his little flock, that he does take care of us, that he is concerned about us, and that we don't have to worry about the things of this life. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. What is Jesus' goal in our text this morning? Jesus' goal is to remove from our hearts that worry and that concern about earthly things so that no longer distracted by the things of this life, we can concentrate, focus on his word, on his love, and on the things of his kingdom. This is something he does for us because he knows that 
we cannot do it for ourselves. How does Jesus deal with our worry? Well, one thing we see in our text is that he encourages us to examine, to look carefully, to study the ravens and the lilies. You know, when the Wright brothers were trying to invent the airplane, they studied uh, the birds probably more thoroughly and better than anyone had before them. But they were examining the birds, they were looking at them carefully in order to learn how to fly. God, of course, wants us to look at the birds for a different reason. He wants us to examine them to see God's goodness in the life around us. Examine the things around you in your life, looking for examples of God's goodness. That's what Jesus is telling us in our text this morning. If you look for examples of God's gracious goodness and, and the fulfillment of his promises, you'll find them. They're all around you. As a pastor, I'm often examining uh, conversations with other people, books I read, movies, TV shows, even things I see around me, looking for examples uh, that I can use, analogies that I can use to, to teach God's word. That's what, that's what God is telling you to do, although you don't have to get up here and, and give a sermon about it, but to think about it in your own life and consider it and treasure those examples. Jesus, when he's talking to his disciples, he just looks around. He says, well, let's look for examples of God's gracious goodness. And he says, oh, there's the lilies. See how he clothes them. There's the birds. See how he feeds them. These are two things that happen to be right there on hand for Jesus to use as examples. What things are in your life? What things do you see when you look around of God's gracious goodness? A lot of people look around the world and all they see is the evil things, the sinful things. And so they conclude, of course, that God is sinful and evil. But those, the evil comes from man, not from God. If we look, look around instead with eyes open to God's grace and his love, we can find many examples. I could probably <clears throat> spend the rest of the, the church service giving you examples from, from my own life. You know, one uh, particular example is when a, was a sheet of metal, about 15 feet by 60 feet uh, long, that uh, broke off the, the bed of a semi-truck and went flying over my car, you know, probably that far over my head, and yet, you know, I was unscathed, didn't even have to go to the hospital. No problem at all. Or the time that my, I was driving a van that stuck. It, it was coming to a T-intersection, and it slid on some ice and went out a little bit into the intersection, and then it stalled, and I couldn't get it uh, to go again. And here was this semi coming down the road right at me, something like out of a movie, where I was sitting there in the driver's seat just watching the semi-truck come right at me. And yet, once again, I'm here. <laughs> no problem. It was a little scary, but the Lord took care of me. God reminds us, Jesus reminds us, Luke 12, 32, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. When you look around in your life, keep your eyes open. Examine the things in your life, looking for reminders of God's grace and his goodness. And, and treasure those reminders, especially when you're worried or anxious. Look, God has taken care of you in the past. He's going to do it in the future. How does Jesus deal with our worry? One of the best things, of course, if you're anxious, if you're worried, if you're depressed, anything like that, one of the best things you can do is find somebody who's good at listening. 
share your anxiety with them. Find somebody who's good not only at listening, but uh, will reassure and comfort you with, with comforting words. Well, there's no one better at listening and giving us comforting words than God himself. And he invites us to constantly come to him, to, to share those worries and those anxieties with him. Paul reminds us in Philippians 4, 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And Peter, of course, reminds us in 1 Peter 4, 7, Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. This naturally reminds us of the parable of that persistent neighbor who showed up at his neighbor's house and knocked on the door and wouldn't stop knocking even though it was midnight. I need a loaf of bread, he said. Now, if someone showed up at my house knocking at the door at midnight, I'd probably get a little bit annoyed with them, especially if it was only because only they needed a, a loaf of bread. And most of us, uh, in our sinfulness, eh, sometimes have trouble dealing patiently and, and comforting those with a lot of anxiety or worry. Just like we might get annoyed with someone knocking at our door at midnight, we sometimes get annoyed with other people who just worry all the time. But God, our Heavenly Father, does not, does he? He does not get upset. He does not get worried no matter how many times we knock on his door, no matter how much we unload to him in prayer. He is happy to hear our worries and our concerns and to reassure us through the comforting words of his holy scripture. Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Jesus is always willing and, and ready to listen to all of our anxieties uh, if we come to him in prayer. How does Jesus deal with our worry? Finally, and most importantly, Jesus tells us in our text that we, the one thing that we never, ever, ever have to worry about is our salvation. Jesus removes our worry and our anxiety by making it very clear that we never have to fear that we are not good enough to go to heaven. Luke 12, 32. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Of course we're not good enough, but that doesn't matter. Because God, in his grace and in his mercy, sent his son to die for us and gives it to us as his free gift so we can be rest assured that the kingdom is ours. Fear not. Do not fear, he says. That's something that God says to humans quite a bit in scripture. Almost every time he comes to speak to his people, almost every time the angels appear, they begin, do not be afraid. Because, of course, in our sinfulness, in our worries, in our anxieties, we immediately think that God has come to bring condemnation, to bring judgment. But what did the angels say to the shepherds on that first Christmas morning? Well, actually, the first Christmas Eve, right? Do not be afraid. I've not come to bring the law, to bring condemnation, to criticize you for your worries and your fears. I've come to tell you the great good news that God has become man and has come to give you his salvation. Fear not. In our sinfulness, we are almost always afraid of one thing or another. Afraid that God isn't going to take care of us. Afraid that God isn't going to forgive us. Afraid that God isn't going to listen to us. Jesus deals with our fears and our worries with the constant, unending promises of his grace and his love. He repeats them over and over and over again 
until we finally learn to trust him. We had read in our, our first scripture reading, we read a, a, a part of Abraham's life. And you see that, I've mentioned this before, but it's something we, <clears throat> it's worth mentioning many times. You see that in Abraham's life. Abraham wasn't the great man of faith the first time that God spoke to him. Year after year after year, God reiterated the same promise over and over and over again and showed his goodness in Abraham's life until Abraham really finally learned to trust God and to set aside his worry and his anxiety and his doubt. Jesus does the same for us. If we open our eyes to examine the life around us, we see his goodness all around us. He removes our fears with his constant, unending promises and with his willingness to listen whenever we need someone to talk to. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.